Hey everybody, welcome to the Underswell Podcast. I'm Derek Sabori. I'm your host. I've got a great show today. I want to talk about something that happened personally in my life. Had a great experience and it was an interesting one. Got a lot of thoughts running through my head. Um, last year, actually about this time, we um, I read an article and it was called On Thin Ice, Can the Fashion Industry Help Save the Planet? It was a Marie Claire article by Kimberly Cutter. And um, what's funny is as I look at it, it was actually almost exactly a year ago. So Marie Claire sent Nina Garcia, who's a fashion editor, fashion journalist, um, sent her on a trip. She heads to Alaska to witness the alarming effects of climate change and how to ask and to ask how fashion can be a part of the solution. So I'll put this uh, article in the uh, in the notes here for the show but I read this article and um, they had a little video that went along with it on YouTube and it really struck a chord with me and I think the the main part in it as she's uh, visiting the glaciers and kind of they're talking about climate change and how things are changing and what the fashion industry is doing and what kind of impacts it has she um, kind of has this moment where the tour operators that are, or the, the helicopter people, whoever's taking her up to the glacier, sort of makes a note that each year is a, um, each year is a case-by-case situation as to how many people they can bring up to the glaciers, whether they can go, they're just, they're, you know, they, um, many of them are, are melting quickly, um, and, and, and it just really, hit me and especially having two kids I um, made a decision that I wanted to get my kids up there I wanted to go see the glaciers for myself and this article really was pretty impactful just watching um, Nina have kind of her transformational moment and just kind of being awestruck and that was just a feeling that I really wanted and I wanted to be up there myself and I wanted to see it in person and I wanted to be able to have my kids see it and if they were really um, you know, shrinking and melting that quickly, I didn't want to miss the opportunity for us as a family to see him. So a little back history too, my wife uh, has taken many cruises in her in her younger years with her family, and it was always kind of a, a running joke. She loved cruises as a, as a young person. Me, I never had any interest in them. Uh, one, for just sort of, you know, the way we lo- live our lives and the way that we travel, in general, we really like to get out in the city and get get out and about and interact with culture and try new foods and new restaurants and and parks and be on the streets and meet people. And I just felt like, and, and then even if we go somewhere where we can go hike and be outdoors, that's sort of what we like to do. That's what I like to do. I felt like on a cruise, kind of went against everything I stood for and everything, everybody you talk to just kind of reminds you that they are these floating cities and uh, not very sustainable, and it's probably true. So, uh, but I really had the feeling that getting to Alaska and seeing the glaciers um, was a practical way for us to do it. And it would kind of uh, strike off two, um, two checks off the list, if you will. One, I could say, all right, let's go on a cruise to my wife, and she was excited. And I could say, hey, let's get up to the glaciers and go see the glaciers and let's go to Alaska. So what I wanted to do on this podcast is just sort of give you some insight into what our trip was like 
I'll give you the, the pros and cons of being on a cruise. We'll talk about Alaska. We'll talk about what we, what we were able to do, what we, what we feel like we might have missed. And um, I don't know, let's, let's dive in because I am right now on an Alaska high. And I will say that I have become an Alaska advocate, having grown up most of my life here in Southern California. Um, I love what we have here to offer. I've traveled, um, you know, relatively extensively, different parts of the world, tropical parts of the world, amazing cities. And, um, you know, I've been in the Alps. We've done Australia and many parts of Europe and Fiji and Japan, um, many, many places. I've been lucky enough to see a lot of different places. And Alaska, I think, ranks probably at the very, very, very top of the list for some of the most majestic and beautiful um, earth properties, if you will, that I've ever seen. So here's how it went. Um, my wife did all the, all the hard work. She did all the legwork. She found a cruise line that she wanted to do. We ended up booking with Princess Cruises because they had won a lot of awards and we wanted to get the best experience, the best bang for our buck. Here are a couple um, warnings, I guess, as you when you book a cruise, you sort of book the base package, um, which is not cheap. There were four of us, two adults, two kids. You book your room. It was important to us. We wanted a view. If we are going to all be crammed into one room, which we were, um, and it was on our anniversary. Actually, we were there for our 18th anniversary on the 100-year solar eclipse in Alaska. So it was quite special. But um, we shared uh, we shared the day and then or we shared the night with our two kids sleeping in bunks right above our heads, which was fun and comical and quite all right. So um, maybe a word to the wise: if you do book, if you have kids, uh, my wife felt like there was a better way to book that you could get one balcony room, one room across the hall on the interior, split the rooms, maybe even pay less because you pay per person. So. I don't know, maybe if you're booking multiple people as a family, you don't, don't feel like you have to cram everybody in one room, do some homework. But we had this amazing balcony with a great view, and um, me, my kids are, uh, my son is 13, my daughter's 10, and we were all a little, I don't know, I guess um, not hesitant, but just sort of curious as to what this crew, cruise life would be like. But um, my wife did a great job of choosing a great tour. This was a seven-day tour. We flew up to Vancouver, Canada, British Columbia, Canada. Stayed a couple nights there, which was amazing. Had a great time in Vancouver, um, you know, kind of visiting Gastown and just all the, the port area right there. Really, really great. You got a great city experience, and it's beautiful, it's super, and it's a great blend of European design, city design, blended with Asian city design. I felt like I could have been in Hong Kong or Sydney or, um, you know, even different parts of Berlin all at the same time, or different parts of Europe. I guess Berlin popped into my head, but, you know, very, um, very metropolitan, very, very clean, safe. The people were awesome, and it just was a, we had a great time there. Stayed there for a couple days, and it was and it was beautiful, magnificent there as well. But um, getting on the boat, the boat was scheduled to leave from Vancouver. Our first stop was in a place called Ketchikan. From Ketchikan, we went up to Juneau, and then from Juneau, we were gonna we stopped in Skagway, and 
After that, we did um, two tours um, specifically out to the glaciers, uh, Margie, Margie uh, Glacier and all kind of the area around there and um, the College Fjord. So amazing, great schedule. And each of those port stops had really something really unique to offer, uh, starting with Ketchikan, tiny little town. So we set, um, we, we, we left Vancouver and you sail for a night and your first night if you haven't ever done a cruise and you're out on the ocean in this big massive boat with 2,000 people on it, 800 crew, it's a little overwhelming, tiny little room. But um, the view as you're going through is amazing. You, you, we sailed through the night and you wake up and you're in beautiful Alaska in Ketchikan and it was raining, but um, super, super lush. And we ended up booking this small little tour through um, a small company that was a kind of a taxi ride company. And this gal named Kat, her and her husband Dave run this tiny little operation. And I'll put the, the link there in the notes as well. But she pulls up in her minivan and she started taking us around Ketchikan. And the first thing we did is we spotted some bald eagles and immediately you're just sort of blown away by how amazing um, and different life in Alaska is. So we see bald eagles and um, waterfalls everywhere. We go around the corner and there's a spot where there are some bears typically go. We go down by the side of the river where there are salmon spawning everywhere and heading back to spawn. So the, the rivers are full of salmon and sure enough, here come the bears and we see a bear walking and so we kind of run to go see it and then one's in a tree and they warn us that if one's in a tree that means there's a bigger one nearby and so now we're running all around, not running all around but um, you know kind of being really cautious and us four from California are getting cold and wet and kind of worried about bears but it was an awesome experience and then we got kind of went over to the side of the bridge and looked down and saw a mama bear with her cub pulling a salmon out of the water and walking away with it and it was just unbelievable and then we rushed off we're, we're waiting for the eclipse to happen this is the day of the eclipse and she took us to this amazing waterfall area i think it was called rainbow waterfall and there were some you know there were other tourists around but it wasn't too bad and um, we got to have that waterfall experience and then she just sort of cruised around and took us to some you know beautiful sites some very local small little shops where we got some beautiful berries she dropped us off to this trail to do a um, amazing hike just a you know short little hike that was perfectly suited for for us and some of the most beautiful scenery though that I that I've seen and uh, that was the the first day for a stop we ended up having some fish and chips at a great little a great little spot the fish house and some of the best fish and chips i've had with a nice alaskan beer and that was ketchikan and it was it was great back on the boat once you're on the boat though that's the interesting part is sort of being a part of cruise life and they once you get on there for orientation this boat is massive and um, there were some goods and bads you know the fun thing is they've got these great pools and hot tubs up on the top deck where you can be in the hot tub and it's well, i don't know 60 degrees you know chilly 55 degrees outside and rainy and cloudy and foggy and misty and you're sitting in this hot tub surrounded by all these alaskan islands and uh, it was quite beautiful and stunning and such a neat experience but 
there's food everywhere constantly constantly food and drinks and activities to do and so it can be a little bit of overwhelming the um, it's an interesting crowd on the cruises so it was every once in a while you'd bump into somebody that we would have a, a really interesting conversation with and you could find something you know for us in, in common but um, it really brings a really unique mix of folks of many different ages from many different cultures many different parts of the country and the world which is which is a, a really cool thing but you know I feel like it's a bit of an older uh, demographic on the on the cruise line and uh, my son was a little disappointed because right when he checked in on the boat they took his skateboard away and he'd been skating all you know every day all day in Vancouver and he was hoping to have his skateboard to, to hop off at the stops and skate but that didn't happen but um I don't know what struck me most on the um, on the cruise line was just the mass volume of things that they are able to cram on there and uh, movie theaters and retail stores and clubs and casinos and gyms and spas and spin classes and treadmills and yoga. Um, kind of you name it they've got it they've got you know uh, physical therapists on the boat they've got people doing spa treatments and massages they've got a putting green they've got um, pickleball and basketball and it's just really hard to get your head around how big this these boats are and so that was that took me a, a bit a bit of time to get used to and then uh, they do do a good job on the meals. I think of offering a nice variety, but I just it, the hard part is is every meal can potentially be a four course meal, right? But good fresh foods. They do a good job of um, highlighting local food. So each night's menu has a nice local uh, fare and maybe a local dish that might be served, you know, an Alaskan highlight, and lots of salmon, lots of seafood that they bring on onto the um, onto the boat prepared really nicely a really great international menu um, that's prepared by their really international staff they do a really good job of educating you so for the stops in go you know between I said it was when we went to Juno they brought Rangers onto the boat after Juno they brought Rangers onto the boat to do some talks so um, we also had um, the gal uh, Libby, I believe her name was, who won the Iditarod. She was the first woman to win the Iditarod race, which is the race, the dog mushing race that goes bravely through some of the craziest parts of Alaska overnight, 30 degrees below, and um, just unbelievable. So she was there to tell her story. They have park rangers there who have lived, you know, um, in Alaska for many years. One of the gals that talked to us had lived off the grid with her two kids and her husband for 15 years. And um, so you get to really hear some cool local stories. Um, I did a rod, I'm searching it up here. How do you spell I did a rod? I did. So anyway, um, I'll leave the, her notes in the, in the, in the uh, notes as well. But so, you know, hats off to Princess. They did a great job of trying to um, immerse, you know, everybody in sort of local culture, local stories, and make sure that we were 
um, you know, filled with insight and we were educated and I think that was cool and even on the eclipse you know they had people on board if you wanted to but we were all mostly off the boat on that time who could offer um, education and advice they had things for the kids to do which my kids didn't want to participate in any of them they wanted to just hang out with us but it was still um, you know I think they, they did a good job food is a huge issue obviously um, the amount of <laughs> it's just hard to get your your mind around but um i don't know i didn't feel like there was a ton of waste you know there's some plastic bottle uh, water bottle service but essentially you are the biggest probably amount of waste they have is human waste um they do talk about what you know saving water conserving water but i also think they do their best to make sure that people have an experience that feels just like home so they really spare no expense um it never feels like you are you know, traveling on an RV or something, it's, it's a pretty neat experience, but um, let's see, that was Ketchikan, Juno was probably the highlight of the trip, the thing that we had been waiting for and kind of taking me back to that, that article, the Marie Claire article, because they went to the Mendenhall Glacier, and we actually booked one of our biggest tours there, we really wanted to get up to that glacier, and we thought that the, you know, an, a, a fun and memorable way to do it would be to book a tour, so as you're on each stop you make, you've got all these options to choose as many from as many different excursions as you can imagine. And you can book them through the cruise line. They've got, you know, tour directors and they all come at a cost, obviously, and they can get really expensive. And you can go from like simple city tours on a bus or a car all the way to doing something like we did and even beyond. Um, or you can get off the boat and check in with these tour guides at different places who, you know, local tour guides that can help you. One thing we did learn that really was a, a bit of a, a bummer was that we found out that the cruise industry actually owns a lot of these retail stores that you that are at the port cities. And even though they felt really quaint and, um, and kind of small townish, we learned that the cruise line actually owns some of the, a lot of these retail row areas, which was a little, a little saddening so that's unconfirmed that's just sort of hearsay but it wouldn't surprise me I did see one store that I recognized that was on land um, and was was actually on the cruise line but the tour that we took when we got to Juno we took a help we booked a helicopter tour um, helicopter up to Glendenhall I'm sorry Mendenhall Glacier and from up at the glacier they've got a dog um, mushing or dog sledding camp that they've set up and um, they've got all the, you know, the Alaskan Huskies, I think they're called, um, that are up there. And they, these dogs are crazy in love, apparently, with mushing. All they want to do is just pull these sleds. And you can tell, I mean, they are just hopping up and jumping and barking. Um, I think the only disappointment I had, as stunning as the view was, taking that helicopter up to the top of the glacier, super emotional sort of coming off the air coming around the first hill clouds clear and seeing that glacier kind of coming down the hill and being right above it flying angling over to it was one of the most memorable things i think in my life just because it really struck me of how much i appreciated the fact that sitting next to me are my two kids my wife we've all got our headsets on and we're in this helicopter flying over the glaciers in alaska and I just don't think I've had such a moment of appreciation. I mean, we've done so many things that I'm so grateful for and really proud, that, you know, to have achieved. But that was really kind of a crowning moment because 
we had said we wanted to do it. We did it. Here we were. Um, was able to do it. We were able-bodied, financially able, and um, it was an amazing experience. And, and then just the sheer power and beauty of that place just really hit me all, all at once right there. But we took the, uh, the helicopter up there. You land. So one, the helicopter's loud. You land. All of a sudden you get off. All the dogs are barking, going crazy. It's beautiful, but they're barking. You're in this dog, you know, kind of a small little camp. And, you know, this little operation did a great job. You know, they were really... Uh, really pointed out how little footprint they apparently leave, how every single thing is sort of picked up. You know, anything that can be picked up, everything that can be picked up by hand, by finger is picked up, you know, so essentially nothing is left behind because it's such a sensitive, you know, area. But um, it was raining, it was cold, it was wet, and it was like sensory overload from the helicopter from the helicopters to the dogs barking to the mushing to the rain to the clouds to wondering when we could fly in and fly out because the, the weather was not particularly good and it changes so quickly so often there um, before you know it the helicopters are back and we're, we're headed back down to, to uh, town and it just went way too fast for me to I think fully appreciate it um, but it was amazing and awesome but I think I wish I would have had um, spent some more time up there on the glacier, maybe sat down and enjoyed it a bit more quietly, but um, nonetheless, great experience. We came back down and booked a whale watching tour and got to go see humpbacks up and close in this just beautiful, beautiful um, uh, bay area. And um, these humpbacks are there and they're just, there seems like they're everywhere. It was so easy to spot them and it was, beautiful and magnificent. So Juno was amazing. Came back on the boat. Uh, next stop was Skagway. And as you're going up through Alaska, though, you're going through all the small little islands and through these fjords. And it's just, um, well, I guess you don't go through a fjord. The one we ended up, that, that's like, I guess, like, I think like a dead end of water. Uh, but it was uh, unbelievable every moment you could look out the window and just be awestruck you know massive massive just hillside steep hillsides covered m intensely with trees the most lush place i've ever seen with waterfalls just everywhere falling into the ocean and if you've ever been to Kauai to the nepali coast or what the pictures i've seen of new zealand that we see in the movies it was just it felt like that but just everywhere you looked Skagway was a really cool um, town too, really small town, and there's so much history that's up in Alaska, and they've got this railroad that takes you up to a place called Summit Pass, and it's one of the most historic railroads. They say would be you know, one of the, some of the most beautiful railroad scenery that there is. You take this rail, this old time railroad um, up along through the cliffs. I think it, it takes you to one of the highest elevations, I believe it is, but just, unbelievable you're looking down off the cliff on this tiny little railroad track and getting higher and higher and they kind of retrace the route of the um, the miners in 1898 I believe it was the, the gold mining um, people that came in and just what they had to endure to get up there and get out to Alaska bringing two tons of uh, supplies in you know through Canada and it just you can't even get your head around what these people must have gone through in these winters 
and even the summers the summers are cold i can't even imagine the winters but just um that many years ago so really puts things in perspective and was um really humbling i think just to be there amongst the history the hard work that these people had done for their families and to, to further their 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 lives and just the intensity of nature and um and the like the sheer wilderness of it all it's it's so majestic and and uh really it was a really humbling experience and then after that you're on the boat for a couple of days you have a couple of days of just at sea where you're just traveling but even that you know, i mean it's, the, the scenery is just amazing and then like i said we went to uh marjorie glacier and um the college fjord and we got to see um the glacier cleaving or calving which is when it crashes down into the, when it breaks off and crashes into the ocean and you hear what's called a white thunder because just the rumbling of all that ice hitting the ocean and the water is just so loud and it echoes through the bay and that's a sound you, you never forget. Seeing those up close was just amazing and beautiful and just so peaceful being out there and on that, on that water in those bays next to those giant uh, glaciers was just amazing. And, uh, you know, I think it was the majestic beauty and the power that Alaska had, I think, balanced out and almost evened out the odd cruise line experience. And I don't have a lot to say in regards to sustainability on the um, the cruise line because it sort of just felt like, and I don't know if this is good or bad, but it is what it is. You know, it sort of felt like living in your city where you kind of go along every day doing what you can hoping somebody else behind the scenes is doing doing their job right and they've got a little hotline that you can call for sustainability they do a good job pointing out how much food you know they order and what they do how they try to utilize it and make the most of it we took a tour through their galley which is their big kitchen area and they did have an area for you know food scraps go here so it'd be interesting to find out and that might be a, just a different segment in, in general but what goes on in the cruise line industry how waste is handled you know fuel but you know that these um, cruise lines you know they pull up into the port and it's i would imagine these ports are at this point built for it because i mean they're turning these boats constantly and some of these small towns as we heard from even some of the locals, really rely on the tourism that comes there. So the infrastructure, I'm sure, has to be in place for these cruise lines to come in, plug in, and deal with the waste, the volume of food waste, human waste, trash. Um, but I never looked around and felt like it was just d disgusting or, um, or trashed or littered and it never really felt that way so i think they do a good job of containing it and handling it but i think that's a different segment my my point here in this podcast was really to talk about this idea that you know i was moved by somebody else's sort of um story and i think just the reality of what our home what our home planet you know is is going through the changes that are going through and took a bit of a risk and we went for it uh, maybe I think a financial risk because it's a big trip but it's so it was so worth it it's uh, Alaska is beautiful and if you ever wanted to experience and really start to think about sustainability and to really start to think about 
what the planet has to offer, the resources that it has to offer, the beauty that it has to offer, and the remote places that still exist. And I think even it's just sort of the power of nature and the power of the planet, it's an amazing place to go. And maybe the cruise, uh, you know, is for you, maybe it's not. Um, I was constantly torn um, between it. There were definitely some good things we got out of it. There were definitely some just sort of awkward things that just we would all kind of look at each other and go, wow, this is, uh, this is interesting. But um, all in all, it was an amazing journey. I'll post some pictures on my website at theunderswell.com and kind of do a little blog post because I think some of the photos tell the story. But I wanted to just at least share some of the thoughts and some of the story of the trip with you guys so that you could hear it and decide if it's something for you. Make your own plans. I'd be happy to uh, share any advice or kind of give you any any tips on who we booked with or, or what, what tours we booked. Um, but it was amazing. I'm still on an Alaska high. I appreciate you guys listening. It's only, uh, you know, I could have gone into a lot more detail, but my goal is to keep these podcasts relatively short and um, keeping this one within 30 minutes. So go check out the photos, check out the links that I'll leave behind and um, feel free to comment and we'll get back here on track. This explains why I was gone all week and I took a week break. So the podcast is in good health. We'll continue on. We'll get back to doing the daily underswell with the news updates and focusing on brands. We've got some exciting things to talk about here in the coming days and weeks. Um, some fun stories to do. But um, this was the Alaska segment, just here, back here from vacation. So I wanted to uh, share it with you and hope you appreciated it. And I hope you get up to Alaska if you haven't already. And I hope you have a good day. Thanks for listening.